Welcome to season one of Why Play Anywhere Else, a Sticks baseball podcast powered by JKR Baseball. We're the podcast by the players, for the players. My name is Jay Shrigling, and I'll be your host. With that being said, Arkansas Sticks president, Coach Chase Brewster, is always on the lookout to enhance the opportunities for all of his players across the country and enhance his program in general. We believe this podcast is another aspect to that goal. Be ready for some in-depth conversation and some genuine content here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. sponsor is JKR Baseball. After starting as the JKR podcast less than two years ago, 2023 would be a year of expansion. That expansion not only includes this podcast, but the potential for an entire baseball podcast network. Other features and services include event management, collegiate baseball player branding, NIL advisement, and a new blog starting this spring. With with this expansion, we are now on the lookout for future young talent with similar mindsets. Are you a college or even a high school student that wants to work in baseball? JKR Baseball might be the place for you to get your foot in the door. If this sounds like something you may be interested in, contact me, Jay Shrigling, at 260-585-4388. But with that being said, let's dig into today's episode. Welcome back to episode number three of Why Play Anywhere Else, the Sticks baseball podcast powered by JKR Baseball. We are the podcast for the players, by the players. Special guests today include 2023 Arkansas signee Ty Wade, 2025 Arkansas commit Mark Brissy, and 2025 Arkansas commit Grant Wren. Uh, with this being said, how are all you guys doing today? I'm pumped to have you guys all on the show. You know, I'm still just episode number three here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast, so, you know, still getting right into it. But, no, pumped to have you guys on. So, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing great. All right. So, I guess let's kind of dig into it. And um, one question I'm just going to go ahead and kind of, you know, get started. That way, you know, the listeners can kind of get to know who all of you guys are. Uh, Mark, we'll go ahead and start with you and then go down to Grant and then Ty. That's just the way you guys are um, on my screen. So, we'll kind of stick with that to start out. Um, just, I guess, just go ahead and kind of introduce yourselves a little bit and kind of tell the listeners who exactly you guys are. Yeah. Uh, my name is Mark Brissy. I'm a 2025 right handed pitcher committed to Arkansas. Um, I play corner infield some, and I go to baseball high school, and I'm from baseball, Arkansas. My name's Grant Wren. I go to Melbourne High School. Uh, I'm a right-handed pitcher, uh, committed to Arkansas, and uh, Mark's Mark's a two-A guy. I'm kind of just uh, kind of just a pitcher. That's about it. I wish I was a two-A guy. Brissy going two-A. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> Uh, my name is Ty Wade. Uh, I got Arkansas High. I'm uh, in 2023. I'm committed to Arkansas. I'm a catcher, corner infield. Pitcher. <laughs> so, would you consider yourself a two-way guy going to Arkansas, or is that is that, is that, is that a no? No, I don't throw hard enough. Okay. All right. Well, um, so I guess I guess I, Mark and Ty kind of asked you guys this question a little bit on the – 
the personal podcast, but you guys got to go ahead and kind of go through, through this again. Uh, just sticking with that same order, I guess just each you going to go through and talk about how you, know, you got connected with Coach Brewster, got connected with the Arkansas Sticks, and like how long you guys have been a part of that program. Yeah, um, I got connected with the Sticks. My dad and Coach Stevie Landers are in the same business. They both sell cars, and that's they were friends through the car business, and that's kind of how I got connected. And kind of the rest is history kind of deal. I was met up with Coach Stevie one day down in Clinton, and I was kind of a stick ever since. For me, it was kind of like uh, it was kind of just uh, it was just uh, where I wanted to play because me and Mark, I know for sure. Uh, kind of most of the kids uh, from Arkansas in our area, we were uh, we were playing travel baseball around the Oxford, uh, Mississippi area. And, um, you know, coming back to Arkansas, you know, there wasn't very many options back in that area. And, you know, you look at uh, all the options in Arkansas and you think, you know, why not be a stick? Because that's obviously the best option. Um, so I'd seen some former players play there and uh, – kind of got in touch with Coach Brewster and some of my friends and, and made it happen and got in the process. And Coach Brewster's kind of helped me out connections-wise, you know, being there for me, mentoring me, and uh, he's just a great guy. So Brewster, me and Brewster live in the same city, so I met Brewster's from here in town, and he kind of just knew who I was just from playing locally, and he got in touch with me. and was like, hey, you need to come be a stick. So in – I would say 2019, I guess. I played my first tournament with them, and it's I've played with them ever since. Okay. All right, so, Ty, I know you – well, I guess Ty and Mark, you both – you guys both got the chance to play for Coach Brewster, um, Ty, all summer. I know, Mark, you played for him for the White Sox scout team down there in Jupiter. Um, I'm not sure who if you played for him during the summer. Uh, but I guess just for all three of you guys, just kind of flip – let's flip around that order. So, go ahead. Let's go with Ty, Grant, and then Mark. Uh, just kind of take us through like the relationship you have with Coach Brewster, Ty. I know you said you're from the same hometown as him, so I'm sure. I'm, I'm I, and I remember from like the JKR podcast, you said you were pretty well connected with uh, Coach Brewster. So if you guys just kind of go through and kind of uh, take us through what your relationship is like with Coach Brewster. So uh, me and Brewster are actually really close. So like, I got to see him around town a lot, and it was uh, this past fall. Well, let's see, last spring. They were moving houses, and he would always call me every day. I was like, hey, I need you to come over here and take care of my pool. So I would go take care of his pool. So he trusted me enough to go take care of his pool. And obviously, I saw him at all my baseball games. He came to my games and a couple of six players here in town. He was at all their games. So I ran into him almost every day. So it was always like we ran into each other. I was like, hey, what's up? I'm going to sit there and talk for 30 minutes to an hour. So we're pretty close to that. Uh, me and Coach Brewster, uh, our relationship's good. You know, uh, he's – He's kind of my go-to guy for everything, uh, baseball-wise. Obviously, I live probably the furthest away from him, um, so I don't see him that much besides the tournaments. Um, you know, we go out to eat at the tournaments and uh, just kind of fellowship with each other. You know, Coach Brewster, how do you not like the guy? He's a, he's a business guy, a baseball coach. Uh, and he's ridiculously funny all, all you know all at the same time. Uh, so I'd say my relationship with him is very, very good. And um, – I guess that's about it. I hadn't really done any favors for him or anything like that. He's done a lot for me, though. Yeah, uh, me and Coach Brewster, I mean, I love Coach Brewster. Like, he's not only a friend to me, but he's – I mean, he's my, he's not only my friend, but he's my coach also. And that those two combined is, just makes a great relationship. Like, I was in Texarkana last night – or yesterday eating lunch with him. 
like we went and got pizza together. I just drove down to Texarkana to see him. And I mean, yeah, it's like I said, not only a coach, but he's a really good friend to me. All right. So talking about relationships. Uh, so I guess with all three of you guys, you know, being Arkansas commits to so playing for the sticks, Mark and Grant, you guys are both from that same class. Mark and Ty, you guys played together for the White Sox scout team. Uh, just sticking with that same order, I guess just kind of take us through kind of, you know, the relationships you have with the other two guys and maybe what your, like, maybe first interaction was like with each other. So the first time I met Mark was maybe, <laughs> was it last fall? Last last year in Ju Jupiter? Or no, in Fort Myers. Yeah, and I watched him hit last in OK. That's probably what it was. Was it? Because I, yeah, I, I, I watched you hit 90 for the first time. That was the first time I met you was that game. Yeah. <laughs> so every, and then we kind of just after that we kind of just knew each other was and then this past year he started playing with us a little bit so we got we're pretty good friends from that and that was really our first time really playing on the same team and kind of just hanging out together me and mark's relationship is it's uh it's pretty tight and we've known each other our whole lives i, I can't really say it for ty this is my really first time even talking to him interacting with him but uh you know mark we we, we grew up together like playing together since we were seven years old against with uh, different sports, kind of all of the above, and um, I'd like to say he's probably my best friend when it comes to when it comes to baseball and baseball advice and just uh, you know being there for each other with that type of stuff. He's definitely um, a guy to go to if you need some advice, you need some like motivation. He's there and he's a great teammate, that's for sure. Yeah, I met Ty like like we said, uh, MLK, and then I'm trying to think how when we met Grant. I mean, literally. Like we played AU travel ball together. I mean, we for we're from what thirty minutes away. I mean, not very far. We we've been close from very very young age. And then Ty, you know, he's like big brother to me. Like I'm I'm a, he's a dude that I can text just to ask anything about baseball, about school, anything. So. Okay, there we go. So, uh, Grant, we're going to have to start with you for this question. Um, this is a question I asked both Ty and Mark on the podcast, on the J.K.R. podcast, so I really don't want to ask him this again. Um, so, starting off with you, uh, kind of take us through maybe what your personal scouting report would be, just digging through to yourself on the mound, uh, the way you interact with some of your teammates, interact with coaches. Start off with that, and then for you playing with Mark, what would be your scouting report on Mark playing up against him <laughs> or playing with him? Uh, like, just what do you see from the, just the dugout watching him play or watching him pitch? Um, and then go down to Mark and Ty as well, uh, the way that you guys see each other. Um, I guess, like, your guys' scouting reports on each other as well. Yeah, so, for myself, uh, kind of just a, a dominant right-handed pitcher. Um, I just go out there and compete. Uh I throw gas sometimes, you know, me and Mark, we, you know, basically we've stayed at the same speed, competing with each other our whole lives. Uh, so, you know, we'll be, we'll, we'll be competing for PRs, you know, in the future. Um, you know, me and Mark, uh, you know, I'm a dominant pitcher. Mark's a dominant pitcher. Um, we both got really good off speed, hammer curve balls. And, and I can say, you know, you can say that, you know, me and Mark probably are best pitchers and we like to hit bombs on the side. Uh, <laughs> um um, so, and, and, you know, Ty for him, dude, I saw him uh, perfect game nationals. He crushes the baseball. So, um, and, you know, I just, I probably try to pitch around him. Uh, definitely not give him a, a fastball, but bury a lot of curveballs in the dirt. All right. Then I guess for Mark, I just kind of go through the, the scouting reports for, for these two guys. Golly. Uh, Grant, I mean, Grant's a 2025 that, I mean, he'll throw Chet. He'll throw a good off speed. He has good spots. 
uh, a dude that you want on the mound in a big situation, in my opinion, like as a coach. Um, Ty, I mean, <laughs> it's a dude I don't want to pitch to, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, I've seen him hit off speed that bounce off the plate 400 foot. Like, I mean, he can just hit anything. It's insane. Dude, I don't want to pitch to for sure. See, I've honestly never seen Grant play. <laughs> so, I can only give you a scouting report over Mark. So, I've caught – the one time I caught Mark, I would say he's real dominant. He's got a lot of arm side run. He's going to live low in the zone, throw a lot of strikes. He's going to rely on his change up and then speed him up with the fastball. He's just going to make guys hit a lot of ground balls and make our defense work. Okay. And he works real fast. So, he's really easy to play behind. Okay. So, I mean, obviously you guys all play for the Arkansas Sticks, but when you guys are playing, you know, high school ball in the springtime, do any of you guys get the chance to, you know, face each other? Have any of you guys faced each other before? Yeah. Me and Grant face each other this season. I've never even seen Ty anything high school. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, the only, time, I, I, the only chance we have to play against Mark is in, like, the state finals, maybe. And we've never made it that far, so. Yeah, I played – I played Grant in like a tournament, like a close town tournament deal where it was only schools that were close to us and it was our home field. I honestly don't even remember. Did, did you pitch that game, Grant? I may have got in for one inning. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think you started. I pitched that game. Yeah, dude, Mark shut, Mark shut us out. He threw Chad, dude. I was actually, I, hey, but, but I can say, I don't know, Mark's not going to call it a hit, but I got a hit off him. I was the only person to get a hit off him. Yeah, I threw a one-hitter, and dude literally rolled over, grabbed ball to third base, and it was a hit. Okay, you got a hit. I, it was in the hole. It was in the hole, so I, I could run it out. <laughs> All the hidden competition between the P.O.s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had a triple that game. I had a triple that game. I only triple all year. Not off me. Not off me. <laughs> I, but, but Mark, I, Mark Strokes, dude. Mark Strokes. <laughs> So are you you Mark and Grant? Are you guys both planning on going to Arkansas as POs then? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I guess let's kind of dig into you guys' arm care a little bit. Ty, I guess this is not a question for you. You can kind of just sit back and listen to this. Uh, but for you guys, uh, with you guys being POs, or or I mean, maybe even I mean, you guys might hit now at this point. Uh, but what does your guys' like arm care situation look like when it comes to you know the off season? When it comes to you know like deloading, ramping back up, probably around this time. I'm assuming like December, January. Uh, Grant, we'll guess we'll go ahead and start with you. Just like take us through what your like your off season training plan looks like, or your arm care routine, or what that kind of looks like, and then we'll go ahead and uh, talk to uh, ask Mark as well. Yeah, so I think I can speak for the both of us. You know, me and Mark, uh, we both had injuries. You know, pitching before, so we take our arm care pretty serious. Um, and, and so for me, it's just I, I'm I'm a big band guy, so uh, Jay Band's my best friend, and um, I don't do anything if it's not healthy for my shoulder and my elbow. Uh, obviously, um, you know, I'm not a bigger built guy. So, you know, gaining weight, putting on muscles, uh, kind of the main key for me in the off season. Uh, I do play two other sports though. So it is hard to like fit in working out like around those sports. Um, but, but I do do it and I do try to keep up with, you know, arm care, PT, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I, I get it in and uh, as far as throwing program goes, you know, starting to amp it back up, uh, that'll probably start, um, Probably after Christmas break, I'll probably start my throwing program again because I'm not going to go to the MLK, MLK because of basketball season. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, my last tournament, I pitched 
all the way from the beginning of high school to Jupiter. Never took – oh, I took like a two-week break in there. Um, but I shut down right after Jupiter, and then I am I picked the baseball back up two weeks ago, and I have a 12-week throwing program that I do to get back into what I would call pitching shape. Um, I think I'm going to throw my first pin around January 21st. I think it's the day that I throw my first pin. But, yeah, I mean, like Grant said, I mean, I've had arm injuries and I've had stuff that's gone on that makes me want to take arm care serious, and I, I really do um, to the extent where I have to follow that throwing program very strictly, do the X amount of this for this amount of reps, so – so at this point in your guys' careers, like I, I take it all three of you guys are still playing, you know, both ways. Um, Obviously, Mark and Grant going as pitchers, Ty going as, you know, a hitter slash catcher. But at this point, you guys are both – you guys all three are playing, like, as a two-way player in, like, high school ball, right? Yeah. Okay. So I guess for this question, we'll go with Mark, Grant, and then the Ty. Um, so when it does come time for you guys to – um, I guess, you know, slow, solely focus on your guys' strength. So, you know, pitching or, you know, hitting. Uh, how do you guys see your guys' game evolving once that, you know, like officially happens and you guys are, you know, putting your sole focus into pitching or for tie for hitting? Um, I mean, I think it'll change some, but, like, I don't know that it'll change it, like, drastically. Like, my pitching coach, Justin Mosley, he tells me that, I mean, hitting helps pitching and pitching helps hitting. Like it's, it's all, if you look at it, I mean, it's all kind of the same movement, but like you said, the the amount of time that I'll spend on hitting now, if it goes to pitching, then, I mean, it, that will be a change in the amount of time I spend on each thing, which will make, make will, will make you a better player in the long run. Yeah. So um, for me, I really don't spend that much time on hitting. Uh, I kind of go out there and, and wing it. I, I, I think Mark, say the same a little bit uh but you know obviously getting the cages because that's it's really fun to hit you know who doesn't like hitting bombs and and squaring up baseballs it's a great feeling especially with a wood bat um <laughs> if you when you don't break it but um uh <laughs> when you uh i'm on my own blank a little bit but you know as far as pitching goes uh you know apart from the two sports that I play when, when those are canceled out and, you know, hitting's canceled out and, and my mind's just strictly focused on pitching, then I feel like I can, I can get a lot better at it, especially from the middle, the middle part of it. Obviously the, the, the other sports and, and, and hitting, it all works out your body in different ways. It, you know, it makes you a better like physical player, um, any kind of different exercises you can do because it, it just balances out your body. Uh, so the, the physical side of pitching We'll get a little bit better, but uh, the middle side will definitely um, it'll it'll have a huge upside and it'll drastically jump. I think. Okay. So right now I'm doing absolutely no pitching because I I've been shut down, so I haven't thrown in probably almost two months now, and I'll probably start throwing again. I actually start throwing again tomorrow, so I'll start mixing in a little pitching stuff here in like four or five weeks, and then, but hitting wise, I'm really focusing on. Getting my swing and miss down, just making more consistent contact on anything. Uh, obviously, working on my exabilo. It's like I'm doing a lot of exercises to get my forearm stronger. It's like get my bat speed up. And then, uh, yeah. And then I'm obviously doing a defensive stuff every day. It's like one day I'll do ground balls, and then the next day I'll do I'll do catching stuff. So I kind of just mix that in. 
but then I do a lot of, I do a lot of, uh, I work on my approach a lot. So like every day I'll be in the cage with my dad and we're working on a lot of approach stuff. So like I'll kind of take what I'm going to do in the game into the cage to kind of get my mind right, get ready for the season. All right, so for Grant, I got a couple individual questions here for you. Like I said, I had Mark and Ty on the podcast, so I don't want to like you know reiterate the same type of questions. So let's go ahead and kind of ask you some individual questions. So I guess kind of take us through obviously your recruiting process to Arkansas. From what I believe, looking through that st- uh, like sticks Instagram or Twitter accounts, it looks like it was only a couple months ago when you actually did commit. Um, so kind of I guess just take us through that whole recruiting process while you know it's still kind of like fresh in your mind. Uh, no, it definitely is. Uh, I committed. Thanksgiving break, actually. So um, it was pretty recently. And, you know, ninth grade year was kind of, uh, I guess, the, the year that, uh, you know, I started to know that I was could be a, you know, a D1 college baseball player, that Arkansas could be an option. And so after one of my breakout games, you know, Arkansas called and had a great conversation with them, went up to a camp a few weeks later, kind of sucked it up, not going to lie. I did terrible. Um, so I did, from there on, it was just kind of trying to get better for me. Uh, there were some there were some setbacks in the spring. High school ball starting up, uh, but they kind of only really only made me better. And around, I guess September of this year, uh, went up to Florida with uh, Chase's group with the intent to go up there, show my stuff and and uh, you know showcase my talents, knowing that there would be some people there to watch me. And uh, so I did that. Had a great outing. Uh, probably twenty schools behind the plate. Um, you know, I got done with the outing about three hours later, Arkansas offered and I'd already, you know, held an offer from Oklahoma State and I was really liking them. Um, so kind of from there on, uh, when it got down to the wire, it was uh, it was Arkansas, Ole Miss and LSU. And, uh, you know, I, I could have seen myself at any one of those places, uh, you know, but Arkansas really stood out. Matt Hobbs is insanely good. He's going to be insanely beneficial. Uh, throughout the high school process, throughout the college process. And he really just loves seeing his guys develop. He loves seeing them, you know, go to the draft. He loves seeing them do well. Um, and he's just he's just a great guy. And he's he's who I want to pitch for. He's who I want to work with. And um, that kind of made the decision easy um, with all the extra, you know, stuff cut out. Because obviously, you know, every SEC school is going to have the best facilities. So, so obviously, besides Coach Hobbs, what were some other like you know key things that you were looking for as you were going through the travel, uh, the and the recruiting process? You know, deciding between Ole Miss, LSU, Arkansas, um, OSU as well. You mentioned in there as well. Uh, just what were some key things that you were looking for besides obviously in the coaching staff? Yeah, so I really, you know, I don't know if you know this, but there's I, I'd like to say the, the the two that I went to. There was two places I went to, two colleges out of the four. Um, that had ground force mounds. And I think there's only one more in that SEC. So it'd be Arkansas, LSU. I think, I think maybe Mississippi state has one. I think there's three as of right now. I'm not sure. Don't, don't, don't quote me on that. Um, but uh, Arkansas and LSU, the ground force mound is a big deal, you know, cause, because pitching is always evolving and uh, you, you have to stay with it. You have to get better. And, you know, uh, it, it's important to, to, to stay with what's new and, and always keep improving. Uh, so that was a big deal. And, and then also how the coaches, how they use the new technology, how they adapted to it. Cause you can have this new technology and you don't know how to use it. You know, how these, how are these colleges going to, you know, how are these college pitching coaches going to, you know, improve themselves as long as with their players on um, how everything else is improving. Because 
as you know, I speak for myself and I think every other college baseball player um, and kid that is going to go play college, you know, you're always trying to improve yourself and get to the next level. So, you know, there's, there's high school, there's college and there's pro baseball and every kid's dream is to get through those steps and get to the highest level they can be at. Uh, and in order to do that, you're going to have to have the best, you know, technological advances and, and coaches that can use those to their advantage. Um, so that, that was a big deal. So I've heard of that ground force mound before. I guess I really like don't know what exactly the technology is used for. So I guess kind of take me through your experience with ground force, um, maybe what, what what goes through. And then for Mark, have you used the ground force uh, mound as well? And if you have, they kind of, I guess, take us through your experience as well. Yeah, so Mark probably would know a little bit more than me. I've only pitched on it. I've only pitched on it once. Um, but basically, and I've got to see some of the, especially some of the kids at LSU and I was watching them pitch. It's It's cool to see all the, analytics you know that, that go through the the screens and, and everything else um but it, it kind of it's just it's just crazy how it announces like it you know your weight your forces that you put into like once you step on the mound it's measuring everything you have like how much force you're putting in the mound with every step how your body's moving on the mound um it's it's just it's it's like you know i'd like to say Mark, do you know what's the other thing that they use that measures your tunneling? You know, do you know what that's called? Um, I don't know. It's like some crazy high tech camera. I forget. Yeah, what it's, it's like it, that's a ground force mount is like that on steroids, and so like it, it's 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 going to measure everything you need. It, I mean, really, because I mean, the way that you know Coach Hobbs explained it to me, uh, the, the the pro baseball coaches they really look at that stuff. It's a big deal to them. You know, sometimes it's it's not even good what they do to players because they have so much emphasis and focus on what, you know, the mound and those analytics break down. Um, and so that, you know, that's that, that made a big deal to me. And, the you know, the ground force mound, uh, I'd like to say that, you know, obviously it measures your force and um, kind of where your body is positioned at, the balance that you have on the mound. Um, obviously it's going to measure – how much external rotation you have, internal rotation on your hips, your arms. Um, it's it's one of a kind. And uh, and, I, and I can't wait to use it more. I've only used it once. Um, okay. And then for Mark, like what's – I guess what's your experience with ground force? And then after that, we'll go ahead and go with Ty to Grant to Mark. I mean, can I take us through maybe what some of your other – like some other baseball technology you guys have used in terms of, you know, rap soto, hit tracks – stuff like that um, after, you know, like Mark answers like the ground force question. Yeah. Um, to further ground on the ground force thing, I mean, it, the, the, uh, the gist of it, I mean, basically it measures the force you put into the ground and the, the amount of force you create versus the amount of force you can create. So say I'm creating X amount of pounds of force, but I'm only using 50% of it. So it's basically like, gives you all these stats about like the amount of force you're using versus what you could be using and how much better that thing could, that one thing could get. And then it measures like ankles and I mean, like angles of arm. I, it's crazy. There's so much stuff that goes into it. Um, as far as other technology, I mean, obviously your basic ones, like the ones at PBR, um, track man and rap Soto and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's, that's as much out, as crazy as it sounds like most of my bullpens that I throw, I'll have like a rap Soto or a track man or something on it. Like 
at my pitching coach, we have a rap soto, so that's what I use. And then to tie. So I've never used any of that stuff. I've never used the hit tracks, rap soto. The only thing I have used though, so I have that that VR thing. Uh the win reality. I've used that like a little bit like in the past, but like I don't use it like I should. So I probably need to get back to using that. But that's by far way harder than any live pitching I've ever faced. So it was really beneficial when I used it. So and then I used the uh, man, what's the thing that goes in the end of your knob? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Blast, blast, blast. Yeah, the the blast thing, the sensor, I've used that a few times. Like that was a curse speed. at Jupiter. That was a curse. Oh, I swear it was. As soon as we took it off, I got a hit. Yeah, we uh, – I don't know. I don't even know who did it, but someone put blast sensors on the end of every single one of our bats, and we went like three innings hitless, and then we took them off, and it was just like our team exploded in hits. <laughs> didn't we Didn't we come back that game, and then they ended up walking yes. it off on us? Yeah, they ended up walking it off. So that, that was the game Minjack pitched, and it was like yeah. one zero through like six innings because we had those stupid sensors. Oh, uh, it was that yeah, that Colorado team. Yeah, um, and that was a must win game. Yeah, it was like win that game and go to the bracket or lose. And yeah. But that's the only thing I've ever used was that sensor and then the win reality stuff. Okay. And then Grant, is there is there any other yeah, yeah. that you use? Yeah, no, uh, along with Mark, you know, Rapsodos, most pitching coaches, um, most pitching coaches have that, and that's always normally available. Um, always, you know, have a radar on you, always, um, you know, in the Rapsoda, it just, it tracks your ball and everything, that, and the axis, the axis of your ball, how much depth you're getting, um, it's really beneficial too. Um, I hadn't used the, I haven't used the hit tracks, um, but, there, you know, there's tra- track man in the PBR showcases. And that's always fun to see, you know, you can see your launch angle, which I don't know if it makes a difference or not. Um, and you can see uh, exit velos and, and everything like that. But, you know, I was obviously as a pitcher, you know, you're just trying to hit bombs if you go up there to play. So. Yeah. All right. So, Mark, you mentioned uh, that you mentioned PBR is kind of where you like had Rap Soto as well, besides your pitching coach. So for all three of you guys, do you guys have a relationship with like the PBR Arkansas guys? Because I know here in Indiana, like the PBR Indiana, like uh, I guess guy who's president or whoever's in charge, like the couple guys on the PBR Indiana team, like are real close with a lot of the top prospects. So is that the same for uh, you guys down there at PBR Arkansas? We um we had one named Brian Walker and then he had a, a bunch of his guys and I I would say I was fairly close with them like I've been there a couple times and all that but we just got a new one and I haven't been since I when did we get a new one like it was this year sometime I didn't know we had a new one to be honest with you they didn't yeah. either <laughs> we yeah we just got a new one it's not Brian Walker anymore I think it's the dude that uh he's from Missouri I think all so I can I say is I, I haven't been to a PBR event in three years, probably. And I went to, like, one. It's like I was never really close to any of them. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the, the last one I went to is probably Future Games. And, uh, you know, it, it's always fun. And getting to use that technology is fun. And all the coaches there, for sure, and, you know, great guys. And it's it's a different atmosphere, especially all showcases, PG showcases and, and PBR showcases. They're just a different atmosphere than regular, you know, compete in travel ball tournaments. Um but yeah, Brian Walker, best BP thrower ever seen in my life. He puts it 
ride down the pot every single time. Okay. So talk about uh, PG, uh, sorry, PBR futures games. I So we'll dig into that, but did Ty and Mark, did you guys participate in future games as well? I know Mark, you kind of committed uh, like early on in, in your high school career. So did you get the chance to play in the futures games? And yeah, then- I did. I did junior futures games um, the summer eighth going into ninth. Um, I did junior futures games then. And that's what kind of like sparked my college recruitment. Like, I mean, I hit, I think, 88 with the fastball going into ninth grade. And that's kind of what, like, like Grant said, I mean, it's insane. Junior futures games, junior futures games, like the event of the year for eighth, ninth, and tenth graders. Like, you have to go if you want to get recruited. Coaches just walking all over the place. You can just walk up to you. You can talk to them. Just tell them you're interested in them, and they'll come watch a game. Or, you know, you show out. They're gonna be right there watching you. So, so I was invited. So I got invited to it, and I was planning on going. And I ended up playing in a tournament like a month before that, and had a really good tournament. And then I committed after that tournament. So then they were, they just told me I couldn't come anymore. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> uh, and I was really looking forward to it too. So like, it kind of sucks, but man, you should you should you know like like you know maybe committed under the table a little bit and just still went there just for the experience. Shoot. Yeah, just just wait till after. But uh, no, um. So I guess for all three, let's go with Ty to Grant to Mark. Uh, when you guys are at events like that for uh, PBR Futures Games or for Ty, whatever event you've been at that's been similar. Uh, when you when there are scouts, you know, just scattered across the the facility, scattered across the ballpark. How do you guys go about, you know, like blocking out those scouts and still just, you know, playing to the best of your ability and playing the way that you know you know you can play? So when let's see, my sophomore year is really the first year I kind of was like exposed to all the scouts and everything because we had a guy on my team that was projected to go real high in the draft. So there was obviously MLB guys at every game, even practices. So, like, at first, probably the first month, I was just, like, real nervous, always, like, I'm scared I'm going to mess up. But then the more I kind of got exposed to it, it was just, like, they're just normal people. I mean, they're just like me. So, I kind of just played and just just had fun. And so, I kind of just really just kind of ignored them more than anything and just kind of looked at them as they're just a normal person instead of a scout. And that really helped me a lot. I like them. Add to the adrenaline rush. Uh, you know, they're 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 behind the plate watching you. You see them, you know, they're gonna, you know, you might boost your fastball by looking at them guys being like, hey, that could be me. You know, they're they're behind the plate. They're you know, it get it gave me kind of a more like an excitement. Um, because you know, if, if you're nervous about it, it's not gonna help. I mean, I, and I feel like most people do get nervous before games, but once you're out there in the action and, and you get going, you're fine and it's just you just gotta keep the adrenaline pumping and and, uh, you know, have a lot of confidence. Yeah, I mean, with me, I kind of just try and go out and play my game. Like, I I mean, if there's no one in the stands or if all 30 teams are represented in every college you can think of, like at Jupiter. Like, I mean, I kind of just go out there and try and play my game and just lock them out and just pitch like how, how I'd pitch at a high school game or anywhere else. Okay. Um. So, were you guys with your guys' screen? Do you guys see how much time's left here in this Zoom meeting? Yeah, three and a half so, minutes. All right, cool. So I'm gonna ask one more question, and then kind of as like it goes down, I guess kind of just keep that in mind, and then I'll go ahead and end this meeting and send a new link and kind of keep going with questions. 
but but no. So Mark and Ty, you guys mentioned the when you guys were the Chicago White Sox scout team playing down there in Jupiter. So I know Ty, you won what was it? You know, like hitter of the hitter of the week, or it was something like that. Um, so I guess just take us through that um, Jupiter experience, what it was like there down there um, for the WWBA, being in the White Sox scout, uh, the White Sox scout team, being in that Marlins clubhouse. Just take us through what that experience was like a little bit, um, just this past fall. You go first. And well, just like the experience and all was just unbelievable. Like it was unreal. It was like you walked into the place and you felt like a big leaguer because, you know, you walked into the clubhouse, you put all the jerseys on and it's just like, man, hopefully this is me one day. Really? It's just kind of like, it just doesn't feel real in the moment. And it was like, we had all the, the scout or not all the scouts were there and every, everyone's walking around. So that was really cool. The atmosphere was just awesome. And then we had the clubhouse, you know, we had, there was like two or three big leaguers, lockers in there, like all their stuff. And it was, it was unbelievable. Like all the stuff they just had, like, and you know, they got them all for free. They had like 10 pairs of cleats, five gloves, just laying around, like it was nothing. And it was, and then, you know, we got to hit in all their cages. So we got the experience to be the only team to get in those cages and just to wear all the gear, all the White Sox gear. Like I looked at Coach Lanner, was like, dude, I feel like a big leaguer wearing all this stuff. <laughs> and he just kept telling me, I was like, good, you should. He said, that's the reason why we got it. So. Yeah. Uh, Jupiter's crazy, man. Like, I don't – it's by far, like, one of the most fun and crazy experiences that I've ever had baseball-wise. Like, like Ty said, like, you go in there feeling like a big leaguer. And uh, I even told Coach Bruce this. I was like, dude, this is awesome. I actually get to walk in the ballpark as a stick with my shorts on. Like <laughs> – I don't have to wear pants all the way in the ballpark and uh, which sounds cool. And then uh, like he said, there's the big league walkers. I didn't have the privilege of uh, hitting in the cages because, you know, I didn't, I didn't get to hit. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Like I would, I want to do it every year until I graduate. So. All right. So throwing it back into, you know, just the high school ball, high school ball down there in Arkansas with all three of you guys, playing there in high school, high, sorry, Arkansas high school competition, uh, starting with Mark, go to Grant, and then to Ty. What does that competition level look like down there in Arkansas when it comes to, you know, just the different uh, pitchers or the different hitters that you're facing on a game-to-game -game basis and what those different teams look like in your region? Yeah, um, Arkansas high school baseball, in my opinion, is very, very underrated. Like, um, you hear about these guys in like Georgia and Florida and Texas and all that, but – I mean, Arkansas baseball is very, very good. And especially me and Ty play in the 5A. Our, our, I mean, the 5A this year, like I'm in the 5A East, and we had like seven D1 commits in the in one conference in Arkansas high school baseball. Like, obviously your showcase competition is going to be better, but the Arkansas high school baseball is no slouch, that's for sure. Yeah, so for me – I actually, uh, I think we were 2A last year. So my school is pretty small. Um, really, the only time we play bigger schools is when we like get in the local tournaments like we did with Mark and we get our butt kicked. Um, but I mean, we were decent. We were pretty, we were pretty good for 2A. Um, and uh, I mean, there was, I mean, there was commits, um, really nothing special uh, in, in 2A at least. There were some pretty good guys in 3A. Uh, actually, no, Easton Swafford. Easton Swafford was pretty good. Uh, he was he, He's got a smooth stroke and, and he can hit the ball pretty well. Um, 
that, that was kind of about it for 2A. I mean, competition's all right. You, know, you face IAs, fastballs pretty much most of the time. Um, that's about it for me in 2A baseball. I'm going to have to agree with Mark. It's like our our conference is really underrated. It's like, yeah, we'll have those teams that, you know, they're not very good, but, you know, we'll have four or five teams that are solid and we'll have four-plus guys that will be throwing 85, 87. So, like, it's it's really underrated. I mean, comp, our competition obviously isn't going to be better than the summer, but we'll face a lot of guys, a lot of good arms. Like, their they're, they're depth on the mound might not be as deep, but they'll have that one guy that'll be 90, 92. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all right. It's not bad. I mean, it's fun to play in. So, for so for Grant and Mark, with you guys, you know, being freshmen last year, do you think it's tougher uh, facing, you know, like the 17, 18-year-olds in your guys' conferences? For Mark, obviously, you said it's a good baseball conference where you guys have multiple guys going D1. Um, do you think it's tougher when you're facing those older kids um, down there in Arkansas or when you're facing, you know, like that top-tier talent of your age group? Mark, we'll just go ahead and start with you and then go to Grant. Yeah, um, honestly, I, I think it varies. Like, you'll you'll face a guy and what well, what well, say I'm hitting for sticks. I mean, you'll face a guy like we face a guy named Marcos Paz, right right handed, uh, twenty twenty five down in Texas, and he's like he was like ninety ninety three. Like he's a very good, very very good pitcher. And I mean, you'll like guys, just guys you would know in my conference last year. I mean, like a Josh Heineman or a Lance Davis, both of them were in my conference. So I mean. I would say it varies. Like the bottom half of my conference isn't very good. So obviously showcase ball is better than that. But your top half of your conference versus showcase ball is pretty pretty similar as age-wise goes from playing seniors and playing 15 years. Yeah, so uh, for me it's a different story. Back to like what I said, my school is pretty small. Um, you know, you'll face, you'll face one team with a 90s guy. Um, in the conference and, and that's about it maybe um and then when, I mean, when you get to state tournament there's there's good 2A teams don't get me wrong like I mean Easton Swafford he was he's really really good he's going to Arkansas um well, he's he's at Arkansas actually and um you know he's a great hitter but as far as pitching went there wasn't anything special in 2A um so for showcase ball I mean when I went up there to Florida uh the game I pitched in that kind of got me all my looks. I mean, there was seven commits that I was pitching against. Um, the leadoff hitter was committed to North Carolina. So, I mean, obviously that competition was a lot better. But at the same time, you know, you still kind of you still kind of pitch the same against them. As, you know, from a pitcher standpoint, you still kind of pitch the same against them. I mean, you may have to throw another off speed, but you're still using your dominant fastball to blow it by them. You're still placing it well. Um, uh, it's still kind of the same. I mean, you, at the, in the back of your head, you know that they're really good. You know that they make it do something with your pitches. But, I mean, you got to sh- shove what you got at everybody. Okay, so for all three of you guys, who is the – Ty, we'll start with you, go to Grant and to Mark. Who is the toughest player you have faced within the state of Arkansas? Um, I guess they could be an Arkansas stick. They don't have to be an Arkansas stick. Could be a Razorback commit. Couldn't be a Razorback commit. Uh, who is the, I guess, toughest pitcher there for you, Ty? And then for Grant and Mark, did you guys want to answer for both or just for just the toughest hitter, Um, I guess? Oh, toughest hitter. So, can I do a teammate? 
Oh yeah, 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 you can do it. I allowed to do a teammate. So okay, yeah. so my freshman year, he's like he's at Arkansas now, so you might know him, uh, Cody Adcock. <laughs> so he went to the same school as me. And my freshman year, because I remember this, I remember this so good. My first at bat, so we do inner squads once a week. First at bat, I'm walking in there, 14 years old. I'm a freshman. He's a senior going to Ole Miss. I was like, okay, he's going to try to throw 94 by me, 95. No, he goes slider, slider. And then he throws 94 by my, in the chin. Then he goes slider again and then sits me down. So, I mean, that's probably the toughest at bat I've had just because, like, I was 14. Never seen anything over maybe 82 at that time. <laughs> like, I was not going to hit 90, 90, 91. Like, that was not going to happen, but he threw me a slider anyway. So, he was probably the toughest I faced growing up. But, you know, the more I saw him, it got easier and easier. And then, let's see, it'd be my sophomore year. Yeah, because that COVID year was freshman year. So, sophomore year, I faced Hyman in the second round of state. And he was probably the toughest pitcher I faced in game. Because, I mean, he 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 mowed it down. He threw two innings. They like run-rolled us. He threw two <laughs> innings. He took a seat. And then he just let his, everyone everything else happen. Well, I was at that game. Batesville played the next – the <laughs> after that. Yeah, we had one hope. It was Braylon to throw strikes. <laughs> Grant? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, uh, as far as high school goes, you know, just had a freshman year. Uh, so it's it's one year to look at um, a hitter for me. Uh, only really pitched in in, in the first half uh, of my high school season. Uh, like I said, I had some setbacks, but um, I'd still have to go with Easton Swafford. I mean, just the kid can hit. I mean, like I said, he was trying to cut down a swing and misses. This kid had slim to none. He didn't have the best power. He doesn't have a big frame, but. He's going to make contact with basically whatever you throw him. And solid contact, that's for sure. Okay. And Mark? Um, Let's see here. I'd say he's in my contest here, Hudson Gwynn. He goes to GCT. Uh, he's one of my good buddies. We played golf the other day. And, uh, yeah, he's a dude, kind of sort of like I said about Ty, like he's a dude you can throw a curveball in the dirt, he'd hit it 400 foot, like – he hits anything, and he's a really, 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 really good hitter there in my conference, and that's probably the best hitter I've faced this year. Um, I'm trying to think other people. Um, faced the Van Buren and State Tournament, and they were kind of – they were good hitters up and down. I honestly don't know any of their names, but they're Presley, really, Presley Nichols, committed yeah, Crowder. Yeah, that kid, he was, he was pretty good. Faced him. So, yeah, Hudson Gwynn probably – would be my number one best hitter that I faced in high school ball. Okay. All right. So flipping that order around a little bit. So with you guys heading into your sophomore and then for tied your senior seasons, uh, just kind of go through and kind of go through your goals for the 2023 season for high school and then for travel ball for both uh, Mark and Grant. Uh, just kind of what the, I guess, what some of the goals are and maybe what the plan is for you, Mark and Grant, in terms of potentially playing for Coach Brewster with that oldest age group at 17U or what exactly that plan is in the summer. Just kind of take us through the goals and potentially some of the plans for 2023. I'll go first. Um, number one goal for sophomore season to hit 95 on the bump. That'd be good. Um Obviously, work on your off speed. Work on my off speed. Curveball, uh, 
he's had some command issues there later in the year. So work on that. Um, be the best pitcher in my conference in baseball. I want to – I mean, obviously I want to win every single game I can for my team, but that's a huge deal for me is high school ball pitching-wise. Because I, I will have to take a step up. We lost what I would call our ace or everyone would call our ace, Gage Wood. He was, he was a dude. Um, lost him, so I'm gonna have to take a big step this this coming season there. So that's one, one a goal there is to take his spot as the ace on the pitching staff, and then hit 95 and work on curveball command. Those are the three. Okay, Grant. Yeah, so so starting off with high school, um, just just come just coming in the season healthy, stay healthy through the high school season. You know, be a dominant pitcher in my classification and help us win a state ship. Um, as far as travel ball goes, uh, with Mark, you know, 95 would be great. Uh, I'm going to try to add a fourth pitch this year. Um, and uh, hopefully my command on my changeup and, you know, my comfortability. Like, my command is pretty good. It's a great pitch. My pitch coach says it's my best pitch. A lot of people say it's my best pitch, but I don't have very good comfortability with it on the mound. Um and then, uh, you know, have a great season for Coach Brewster. I think I'm going to – you know, I wanted to play a little two-way with my buddies from last year, but Coach Brewster is going to want me to pitch, you know, on a 17U team. And, uh, you know, after that, uh, try to hit up, you know, area code um, for sure and uh, see if I can get in the USA Baseball Trials. So, for the high school season, so I'm kind of just trying to one-up my stats from last year. So, last year I hit – a little over 500, so I'm trying to hit 600 this year. And then I hit nine bombs last year, so I'm trying to hit 15 this year. Oh eight, was a, eight, was the, eight was the goal last year, so I'm trying to go. I'm shooting 15. Hopefully, I'll get 12 at the least. Did, did you hit any your sophomore year? Uh, five. So, five, nine, and 15. Is there yeah. is there a certain school record your school got? Yeah, I was just about to ask. I, I try to find it. And I could not find it, but I don't. For some reason, I want to say it's like twelve, thirteen. Oh, so you already got it then, or Maybe. is that for a season? That's for a season. Okay. So, so I, what, I don't, I don't know though. I could be wrong. So in Arkansas, like if, like let's say the state leader, how many do you think he generally has? Oh, I actually looked this up one day, and it was back in like night, like back in the old days. Some guy hit like thirty. Yeah, the, 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 but that they had no restrictions back then, though. Yeah, the Batesville record is twenty-two in a season. The daggum drop five. Bats. Yeah, I mean they they're using yeah. crazy no rules bats. I mean the Easton Stealth dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and on the mound. So, like I said, I'm a two-way. So I'm trying to hit ninety-five this year because I got ninety-two this fall. Okay, so um, a little, a couple more questions here before we uh, dig into the. When you say ninety two, are you joking? No, I, I swear, I actually hit ninety two. Uh, he did, he did, he did. I remember. We, we were doing it. Uh, we were hitting live with the high school team, and I hit ninety two. Also hit two bombs that day. Okay. All right. Well, so I guess dig into the last couple of questions here before we dig into uh, just the rapid fire. I like to ask everybody here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast. Um, so have you guys played in the sticks fall league at all? Um, any three of you guys? Uh, just Ty. 
Okay, so Ty, just kind of take us through what that Sticks Fall League is like when it comes to, you know, what it looks like in the fall, like from week to week, what it looks like, um, day to, I guess, um, whenever you guys are playing. What does that schedule look like, and what does that look like day to day and what the competition level looks like? So we played every weekend. We play a doubleheader either on Saturday or Sunday, and we play that. There was always five or six different locations, and they were all colleges. So I played at a college about an hour, hour, hour fifteen away from me. And it's, I mean, it's it's a cool experience. You know, you get to play on a college field in front of the college coaches, and then so we just played a doubleheader. Uh, originally, it was two nine inning games, but then they narrowed it down to two seven inning games. It took too long, so we did two seven inning games. Uh, the hitters count was always one one, so they sped the games up real quick, and we played for four to five weeks. So for you as a hitter, when you're when you're facing one one counts instead of starting out oh oh, um, is there like an approach change at all, or for the most part, do you keep it kind of the same? Uh, for the most part, it's the same, but I just gotta remind myself that I can't get behind a count because if I do, then I have about two strikes on me. So I kind of really, the only thing I do different really is I don't let that first pitch go by. Like if it's a strike, I'm gonna swing at it, even if yeah. it's not my ideal pitch. All right, so when you guys are heading to college, obviously, Ty, I'm sure you're in that, um, I guess, like that final process of, you know, being like an official, like accepted student to Arkansas, Mark and Grant, you guys are still a couple years away. But when you guys are heading to college, do you guys have an idea of like what you guys plan on studying when you head there? Uh, Ty, I guess we'll just start with you and then go to Grant and then to Mark. So since I just signed, it's more official now. I've kind of been looking into it a little bit more. So I, I think I'm going to go into kinesiology. And then maybe go from there and go like in the PT school like after I get on plan. Uh, yeah, no, you know I'm kind of like in the tenth grade, so uh, I'm a little undecided. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't really know. But um, I mean, I guess I guess I could say you know Arkansas is a good business school, so I could go into business finance something like that. Uh, that's that's about it. Okay, that's that's all I really know. Yeah, um, I've always dreamed about being a player agent, just like you. Uh, I've always dreamed about being a player agent after that. What the path I would take would probably be business school and then law school and then agents. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I always love, always love to hear that. I guess maybe you'll be my uh, future competition there in a little bit, <laughs> you know, eight to 10 years or so, whatever. But um, I guess, Mark, you kind of answered this upcoming question. So uh, I was going to kind of come and uh, ask – when baseball does come to an end, like, do you guys have, you know, potential some career aspirations? So, Mark, I guess you can got kind of go ahead and just listen in on this one. Uh, but do you guys, like, you know, have any thought in your mind of what could potentially happen once baseball does come to an end for you guys? Uh, Ty, we can go ahead and start with Ty and then go to Grant. Um, so, like I said, like, I'm a, uh, I want to be a PT. But if not PT, I've also kind of considered doing, like, a coaching job. But – I, if I do a coaching, I want to do a college. Like, I don't want to coach high school because I don't have to teach or nothing like that. So, if I would do a coaching career, I'd prefer it to be, like, college and up. So, okay. college, pros. Yeah, so, um, you know, obviously, you don't know how long your career going to last. But after that, hopefully it went well and how I planned it to and just come back home, you know, small town, uh, make a difference, 
influence, you know, positive influence in the community, right? Whether it be like coaching, uh, just sponsoring teams. Um, you know, I live on a farm, so I could be, you know, I'd probably ranch a little bit too. Um, that's, that's about it after, unless I didn't pursue another career in business and finance. Okay. All right. So down to the last like, rapid fire questions. These are like a set of five questions I've been asking pretty much everybody that's been on this podcast so far. Um. So question number one, we'll just kind of stick with the same order for all five questions. So I just kind of go Mark to Grant to Ty. Um, when it comes to like the people who have been most influential within your baseball career, like who, who would you guys say that is? And like, what would be the reasonings for it? Um, I got three people. Number one, my pitching coach, Dustin Mosley. He, um, Owens Performance Sports Academy in Little Rock. He taught me everything I need to know about pitching. Um, second, Price Holmes. He's my strength and conditioning coach here at Baseball High School. Um, he's legit. Like, dude is amazing in the weight room. Also, he taught me um, a lot to know, a, a lot to, I mean, all I know about meal preps and how to, like, what to eat. And then fourth or third would be, uh, it'd be Coach Brewster. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today in my baseball career if it wasn't for Coach Brewster. So yeah, those three: Dustin Mosley, Price Holmes, and Chase Brewster. Okay. Uh, for me, I'd say, you know, along with Mark, my pitching coach Corey Lambert. He's um, he's kind of helped me through all my struggles. Uh, he's got me where I want to be, and uh, you know, this is a great guy to work with. Um. Secondly, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to Ch Coach Brewster. I mean, he's he's amazing for his players. Uh, he's got so many connections. He treats he treats us like family, and uh, he's 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 just a great guy all around. Okay. Um, and then I'd say probably, uh, I, I'd say my mom because she she's uh she's a former PT and she makes me like keep up with all of my arm care just keeping my body healthy, making sure that I'm, you know, reaching my goals as far as my, you know, my physical health, um, you know, and, and that side of pitching that, that you know, because, you know, obviously she doesn't know how to pitch, but she knows how to get me ready to pitch and she knows how to keep me healthy to pitch. So um, those three people, yes, sir. So I've got three also. So I'm going to have to go ahead and say Coach Brewster too. They pretty much covered it all. He's kind of set me up for – success really in the last couple of years he's helped me through a lot of stuff he's gave me the opportunities to show my abilities to all these coaches and play and all these people so and then I also have to say my dad he's been like my only coach really growing up he's taught me everything I know because he played in college he played for Van Horn so he knows how all them coaches are so he's taught me everything he learned in college and just a lot of just a lot of the basic stuff and then also the fundamental side of baseball and the mental side. And then the third one has to be Coach Caesar Abreu. Because anything that, like, it's like when I went out of town, my dad was never there. So it was always just the coaches. So I would always, if something felt felt off in the cage or just I didn't know what was going on, I would always go to Coach Abreu because he's the only person that I could go to and just know that whatever he says is right. He just knows the game so good. All right, so down to question number two here on the rapid fire. Um, so this one's going to be a little bit quicker, one more than just, you know, like kind of digging into it. So if you guys had to scroll through your guys' phone right now, who would be the coolest contact you guys have in your phone? Oh, gosh. Um, 
Probably Ian Kinsler. Shoot. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's gonna be a tough one to beat. But yeah, uh, uh, Chip Gaines. Do you know who that is on HGTV? I I don't think so. No. Dude, oh, that is awesome. Chip yeah. Gaines is his name. Chip yes, Gaines, Waco, Waco, Texas. Waco, Texas. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here, let me look him up real quick. Probably the, probably them too. He, okay. he the TV show is called Fixer Upper. One of no. So how'd you? Well, I guess. Sorry, Greg, yeah. how'd you? How'd you get in contact with this Chimp Gaines guy? Uh, him and my dad were best friends in high school. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, I guess that makes sense then. Yeah. Uh, Grant, for for your uh, coolest contacts. Yeah, I don't really have any, so uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the coach Van Horn. And, you know, that's that's probably that's, that's it. Yeah, coach Van Horn. Okay. All right, Ty. As he's going through his contact. <laughs> Bro, I'm just not going to one-up in Kinsler. That's not going to happen. It's like mine's actually pretty basic, too. I would probably coach, say Coach Van Horn. Like, oh, it's kind of hard to yeah. beat in Kinsler. Yeah, so funny funny story there. Uh, my dad's best friend is a, is a player agent, and Ian – was represented by my dad's best friend, and my dad sold used to sell cars to him for a really long time. So that's uh, no man. Okay, who's what's Ian's what like who what agency represents Ian? Uh, BBI Bad Boy Incorporated. Okay. Oh, I remember. I remember us talking about this when you yeah. were, when you came on before. I remember that. Yeah. Um, but They're no, from so, Batesville. From where? From Batesville, like where I'm from. Oh shoot! Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, so uh, question number three on the on the rapid fire. When it comes to motivations, uh, like I said, we'll just stick to the same order. When it comes to motivations, like what is it that kind of you know just gets you guys up to get out of bed in the morning, go you know, go win the day, and just continuously get better and just you know strive towards your goals? What is it that kind of just like motivates you guys each day? Um, can't, let's see here. I I have to say the same answer I said on the. JKR podcast, I'd say uh, all the time and effort people have put into me, I want to prove to them that it's worth it. So I put that back into them. Just everybody, everybody sacrifices that they've made for me. I want to prove to them that that's worth it. And that's what normally gets me out of bed. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. I'm not going to want to mark on that one either. Yeah. They, that's really smart right there. Uh, I'm going to say uh, there's, there's people that push me. Um, uh, you know, my dad, brother, um, you know, I just want to make kind of the my community proud and, and live out my dreams. You know, when you, when you make up in the morning, you just wake up from your dream. And my dreams are always about the baseball and, and always getting better and improving and, and getting the next level. So I'd say I'd say just living out my dream. That's, that's probably it. And, you know, I love the game. So. So one thing I've always lived by, like just growing up, like mainly from football, like playing football was always, my coaches always said, like in the weight room was, you always want to be better than you were yesterday. So like every morning I wake up to go lift. I'm just like, I don't want nobody to be better than me today. I want to be better than everybody else. So I always try to work harder to be the better than I was yesterday. It's like just by 1%. So I always like, if I'm going to be 1% better every day, in the end I'll be pretty good okay all right so down for these last two final uh rapid fire questions i don't believe mark and ty i don't i don't believe these were questions i asked you guys were on you when you weren't sorry when you were on the jk podcast 
because like I just added like the rapid fire this fall. So I don't know like kind of where that timeline is. I can't remember. Um, so question number four, if everything continues to go right, you continue to use your motivations, you know, just to get, you know, 1% better every day. Like Ty said, uh, what is your perfect picture of your life here? You know, 15, 20 years from now, what does that look like if everything's going right um, in your life? 15 years from now. Yeah. Um, a successful big league pitcher who throws gas and strikes people out. And honestly, that'd be, that'd be ideal. Also, uh, to be a good dad and a good wife, or not be a wife, but be a good husband, have a good wife. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, my favorite team is the Braves, so I would definitely want to be pitching for them. Um, I'd like to have a, I'd like to be, you know, in a in a healthy relationship with my wife. You know, have a good family, two boys, and only one of the girls. Um. Oh, you're definitely gonna have girls, and you said that. Yeah, now you're having just girls. <laughs> you're definitely having girls. I'll just adopt a boy. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I'd like you know, successful big league picture uh, for the Braves with a wife, two boys. It's gonna happen. Grant's gonna have kids. Is he's gonna have six kids trying to get a boy? <laughs> six girls. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, in 15 years, hopefully, obviously, I hope I'm in a big hurting Grants and Mark's feelings. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but yeah, hopefully just – I don't even care where I play. I just want to play, you know. Okay. It doesn't really have a specific team. But – and then hopefully I'll be a great husband and have a, a great family, obviously. And – Obviously, you know, have have it be successful. Like even if it's not baseball, it's like be successful in something I do. Yeah. So all right. So uh Grant said he, so this isn't the final question, but Grant said he's a Braves fan. With you guys in Arkansas and there isn't like, you know, a pro baseball team, what's generally that major league team you guys are rooting for? I'm a Cubs fan. My dad right. I like to hear that. I'm an Indiana yeah. guy who's a I love going to Riga. Yeah, my, my dad was born in Indiana. So Oh, what you know? What town? Honestly, I don't. Okay. Well, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, really, the only he, if you're not from Indiana, you really know Indianapolis, and that's about it. So yeah, he moved. He moved to Dallas, Texas, fairly early in his life, but he grew kind of grew up a Cubs fan. So okay, that's why I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah. Ty, so I, I'm kind of like, so I like I have two favorite teams. So I'm more so I like the Cardinals just because that's kind of what I grew up on. That's my dad's favorite team always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but like my favorite team though probably would be the Braves. Okay. Well, I mean the I mean the Braves, well, how far is Atlanta from Arkansas? I, I guess it, it's oh. that's kind of a bit of a drive, isn't it? It's eight for me. It's like ten for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like it's like eight hours for me. But see the thing is, all the tournaments you play, like yeah. you're there in a lot. area. Yeah. No matter how hard it is, you're you're in Atlanta a lot if you play travel baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, true is it is it Truist Park or Sun Whatever the hell is it Truist? Okay, yeah. I mean, and that's man that that ballpark is awesome. Yeah, it's great experience. When I was down there in Atlanta this summer, I checked that out for the first time, and I was like, like man, obviously still not as good as Wrigley, but I mean, it's 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 a legit ballpark. But uh, no, so down to no. Actually, here I'll ask one other question. Um, so if you guys are watching Major League Baseball and you guys had to compare your game to you know a a current Major League ball player, stick with that same order. Who do you think that would be? Hmm. 
Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> Dude, Mark, you're like a Garrett Cole. <laughs> probably, probably Jacob DeGrom. Because I, I, I base my uh, – I will say this. I do base my mechanics off Jacob Grom. I I do. Or at least I try to. So he's <laughs> he's also my favorite. I'm mad that he cuts hair, but probably Jacob Grom. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, probably Berlander. Uh, Berlander is prime. More more like um, he still is prime. Yeah, I mean he's like he's, he's like prime. Right now, he's prime. <laughs> yeah, no, but he yeah no he's he's getting old. No, Berlander still shoves though. Yeah, did yeah, he, he was Cy Young or Cy Young favorite this past year? Yeah, yeah he, he was. Won it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm like, I, I don't want to say Garrett Cole because I told Mark that he, he was a Garrett Cole guy. But, like, <laughs> I, I probably would have said something like Jacob DeGrom. You know, Mark, Mark said Garrett Cole. Yeah, Mark, I see Garrett Cole more than DeGrom. So, what makes you, <laughs> what makes you guys say that? Because, because Mark, because, like, Garrett Cole's a 100 mile hour pitcher. Like shows his fastball, and he's got a great freaking curveball off of that. I don't know. I see, I see that with Mark. I mean, I guess that's not a bad thing. I mean, Mark, I take that as a compliment. Shit. Uh, hey, I, I'd be Jacob Degrom or Garrett Cole. I, I take. <laughs> I mean, they're both they're pretty good. So a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So you are going off defensive stuff. I'm just going to go off hitting. Uh Probably like an Austin Riley. Oh, yeah, dude. That's a good oh, yeah. one. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Yeah, so like, like, like the, the thing is, though, growing up, it's like Mike Trout was always my favorite player, like even his rookie year, like since he started yeah, playing. Nice. So, like, I try to base my swing off him. But then now my swing just looks nothing like his. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. Uh, all right. All right. Well, down to down to the final question here on the rapid fire. Um, so this is a somewhat of a similar question that I kind of end off the JK podcast with. But if you guys had to pick a favorite baseball brand, what would that brand be? Let me go first, Mark. Yeah, you got it. Man, I already know what this one is. Rawlings, like by far, That's not even close. You're basic, dog. I don't. You go ahead, say some like Japanese brand. I don't care. I'm gonna go with <laughs> Rawlings because, like, I like. Even as a kid, like I only use Rolling gloves. It's like I that's the only thing I buy is Rolling stuff. Yeah, you, you go like great. I'm still, I'm still thinking. No, okay, so I, I'm I gotta go with Ty, dude. Mark's gonna say like dovetail or some crap like that, but I'm gonna go with the like I'm literally like Easton dot Rollings.com. Like it's where I, it's where I get everything. Like because they've, com- they've combined now. Like that's yeah. that's where you go. No, Mark's gonna say 44 Pro. Oh God. No. <laughs> or, their gloves are so crappy. I hate my. Are they really? I feel like I feel like a bunch a bunch of ball players have forty four. Yeah, it's very affordable, and for a hundred and forty dollar glove, I mean, you get a pretty good hundred forty dollar glove, but it's not a part of the hide for sure. Yes, it's not a part of the hide. Yeah, Raw- um, Rawlings was that de- Rawlings was definitely you know my my favorite brand growing up. I always. Oh, when I was a first baseman, had the Anthony Rizzo like select edition. Then out in the outfield was the, the Bryce Harper edition. Uh, I, I Rawlings, Rawlings is definitely a good choice, but yeah. Um, well, I was actually gonna say dovetail, but Grant ruined that. So, uh, <laughs> you know what, Coach Bruce is for you. My favorite is three and two. There we go. There we go. The official sponsor yeah. of the, the Why Play Anywhere podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> 
I think that's I think that's epic. We've I've recorded four episodes so far, and I think I've ended off three out of the four podcasts, you know, with that three and two answer. You know, that's what I'm looking for. Um, oh yeah. But no, uh, guys, uh, guys, that's the final question here on the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast. You know, I'm still getting used to that name a little bit. You're so used to saying the JKR podcast at the end. Uh, but that's it. Episode number three is coming to an end for the Why Play Anywhere Else podcast. A sticks baseball podcast powered by JKR Baseball. We are a podcast for the players, by the players. Really appreciate all you guys coming on the show today. Um, I'm looking forward to watching you guys play here these next couple of years. I know Coach Brewster and I have talked about, you know, me potentially going out to um, whether that's Atlanta or Hoover or wherever you guys are at and potentially doing, you know, doing some in-person interviews or whatever it happens to be. So I'm sure at some point I'll meet all you guys here in person. Um, get you guys, you know, some JKR merchandise and some uh, Why Play Anywhere Else merchandise as well. Um, so just I really appreciate all you guys coming on the show and want to wish you guys the best of luck as you guys, you know, continue on to your careers and just the rest of your life. Yeah, man. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for letting me come on.